Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Coming up in this episode, Kylie Munich, Chief Executive of Australian funding agency Screen Queensland, talks through the restrictions and safety protocols in place for producers there and the opportunities for overseas companies to come and shoot in a territory among the least worst affected by the global pandemic. But first... Marcus Arthur took over as chief executive of UK TV a year ago, in the wake of the deal that saw BBC Studios retain the broadcaster's entertainment channels business, while fellow joint venture partner Discovery took full control of its lifestyle-focused portfolio. Arthur, who is also BBC Studios president of UK, Ireland, Australia and New Zealand, spoke with Gunnar Cues about his first 12 months in charge, the impact of COVID-19 on the business and the recent decision to temporarily remove an episode of comedy series Faulty Towers from its streaming service amid reignited debate about racial representation in television. So it's now just over a year. We took over the business in June 4 last year and really in terms of looking back on that year, kind of pre-COVID, I couldn't have been more pleased with actually how it went. You know, kind of you're, you are merging two businesses, um, but we had a really clear plan. And part of that was that we agreed before we went in, well, I agreed with my boss that um, UK TV was still going to be the brand name above the door that number 10 Hammersmith was still going to be where we were located and that we wouldn't be changing material terms and conditions for two years. So that really allowed us to go in with an agenda that says, guys, you're doing a brilliant job. We are just here to accelerate and to build on rather than wholesale change. And when I look back on the year that we have had, who would have said that we could have grown the business the yep. way that we have? I mean, if you, if you look at our share of commercial impacts, our SOCI, our SOCI is 20% up from June last year to May this year. I mean, a phenomenal, phenomenal increase. And linear businesses that are supposed to be going down through the pan, we have seven out of eight of our channels that are up. You know, we have a VOD website which is growing hugely year on year. You know, it's about 25, 30% up year on year. Um, and one of the most pleasing things is that I haven't really lost any of the core team. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've managed to bring um, the two businesses together and we've strengthened the business rather than harmed it. And there were many, many people that were saying that um, it was going to be the opposite of what it's been. With the benefits of hindsight and and um, and COVID apart, you know, mm. would you have done anything additional to what you'd oh, already yeah. put in place? Yeah, I think that um, what we have done is it's really how we have done things um, rather than the what. So we're growing the sake, but we came in and we spent the first three months thinking about what we wanted to do as a management team and we agreed that there were three things that were going over the next three years be the proof points about whether we were being successful. And the first of those was really strengthening our content and going every TV company, every media company, every books company, every magazine's company says it's all about content. So that's not 
you know, that's not rocket science. But what we did say was that firstly and foremostly, we were still going to work with the best indies in the market, but that we were also going to have a new relationship with BBC Studios so that we could get projects away that would have been more costly for us in the past than we couldn't do. Well, if you think about something like, um, something like We Hunt Together, is a beautiful drama. But that, the price of that show, is made much more cost-effective for us because BBC Studios have produced it for us and BBC Studios have distributed it internationally. So one of the things that we are doing that is quite different now, Gunn, is we are, you, we are looking at content and we're saying, of the content that we want to create, how much of it can travel? Because when it can travel, we can distribute it and that adds margin back in so you can do a better quality show than you could have otherwise. The same with something like Traces. Traces we did with Red Production and that was also distributed by BBC Studios. Um, so by recognising that you're part of one of the biggest production companies in the world yep. and the fifth biggest distribution company in the world, the strengthening your content there gives you international opportunity, but it also means you can put better quality on screen. In terms of what's happening right now, and uh, UK TV has been in the news a little bit recently uh, with things like Faulty Towers, etc., etc., you know, there's, there's some things you don't want to be in the news for. I think that the bigger issue is actually um, Black Lives Matter. And some of these content conversations or statues coming up or down, they miss the point. And the point they miss is it's a leadership. It's a people inside the organisation that need to represent society more. And that's the change we need to affect rather than a single piece of content that may or may not you know, provoke um, outrage. I think that where we got to on that whole process was where I wanted to, in the sense that that content will now be back up, but is kind of clearly watermarked that it may offend. And that in itself is a good change, but it's not the real change. The real change is how can I make UK TV and its makeup, its culture, its people representative of society. And that's, that's the thing that's important. When it comes to content being, original content being, and it has been a huge driver for UK TV over a number of years now, what plans do you have to accelerate that or to, to, to grow that? Yeah, look, I think that um, if you look at our, our last year, I think I'm right in saying for the year we just, um, we just closed, that nine out of ten of our top shows were originals. You'll have seen only in the last uh, couple of months, kind of traces, We Hunt Together, Expeditions, Cockfields, uh, Comedians Giving Lectures, Hypothetical, you know, kind of a, a lot of shows come through that are going to do that. Where I'm particularly pleased, Gunn, is that many of those shows that I just talked about, we will look to bring back again. So commissioning originals is fabulous and it's exciting for the commissioning team. But sometimes commissioning teams just want to do new things all the time. When you have an original that works and you can bring it back again, uh, that's very, very, very valuable. So the thing about our originals 
Um, that I'm particularly pleased about is that when we get over this production hiatus, I'm sure that you'll see that many of the ones that we've done over the last year will return. In terms of the balance of the investment and where it's going, obviously we've had to take money not out of commissioning, but we've got money delayed in commissioning because we can't get anything made. So um, the number on commissioning this year will obviously be lower, but as soon as we can get back in, um, we'll be back in. This is a huge focus for us, huge focus is how can we get a fast start? Uh, We've got so many relationships with indies that we depend on you know, you get some small indies where, you know, bangers and cash where they make two or three shows. And, yeah. you know, an awful lot of their time is for us. And so how we treat them just now, the respect we have for them, how we agree um, sunk costs, how we agree startup costs. These are the things that are going to make sure that those businesses are there and we can continue to work with. So an yeah. awful lot of our time just now on the commissioning side is, keeping those relationships warm, but more than that, trying to help those indies as much as we possibly can get through this because we're going to need them and to be coming out of this as quick as we can. And are there any specific measures that UKTV is, in in terms of financial support, that UKTV itself has put in place? Well, we're obviously um, part of the stuff that BBC Studios has done, you know, so we've directed our support through them and as one of kind of studios' most profitable businesses, uh, what they are doing is in part funded by the profits from UK TV. O- outside of that, yeah, there's individual relationships with individual um, indies where um, we'll try and agree the right terms for them so that they can get a bit of a break. But that's that's one-to-one business. That's just relationships. I mean, I know that I spoke to Richard a couple of months back now, Richard Watcham, and um, yeah. he was talking very much about the, the need for shifting it as productions paused into development investment and um, making sure that, you know, that the content pipeline, if you like, was, was being populated, whether or not it could actually go into production, but with the risk that come the autumn, which is when most productions seem to be most likely to be able to fire up again, that it's going to be a bit of a bottleneck. Yeah, I think you're dead right. And Richard is, actually, I'm so lucky to have Richard. He's really, you know, top class exec and brilliant at what he does. And so what Richard has been, badgering me for is Marcus give us the opportunity to have a fast start can you make the cash available so if I need to get into the market I can yeah so what we have done is we've made cash available that if he sees an opportunity that he wants to jump on quickly then then we will because I know that at some at one point um originals originals at UK TV have been paused uh, this was in early May I can't look at it the other way we would have carried on producing everything if we could have carried on producing it but um kind of government regulation and two meters and things like that have meant that um we've had to delay production on things but as soon as we can start up uh we will you know it kind of um so just to give you an idea of some of the complexity around it it's much easier to start up or do something like the richardson's where it's a husband and wife team, it's shot in a house, it can be filmed in the house, and that's far, far easier to stand up again than something like the Copfields um, or many other examples. And we need plans in place to be able to do both types, the same as kind of panel shows like Hypothetical and things. Mm. So that's what the guys are working on. You know, how can we um, fast start on those productions that um, is very clear that we can get out the gate 
but other ones that are more difficult, how can we do them as well? How do you see next, the next year of, uh, you know, year two of um, UK TV under Margaret Arthur? Um, I think that the, 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 the strategy is um, broadly the same, you know, that we are going to strengthen our content. We're going to look to grow this business and that is growth through the channels we have and the share of commercial impacts they've got. I'm lucky, I think, that six out of seven of my channels are up um, on the socket year on year and the other one is flat. So we will continue to drive our soccer share of commercial impacts because as and when the ad market comes back and it will come back, I get a better share of that when I do. We'll continue to focus on UK TV BOD site. You know, that's just hit 3.7 million subscribers. Well, not subscribers, are not paying. But And when I came into the business, that was 3 million. In fact, I can remember just before I came in, there was a big ticker tape video of it getting to the 3 million mark. Here we are a year later and we're at 3.7. This kind of shows that we've um, we put on there, we just invested on uh, the bill um, going on to that and that's been a huge success for us. But if we could get 20, 25% growth in the year that we are in, then I'd love to see us do that again next year. Has there been a shift in goals or priorities in the light of COVID? The in-year impact for COVID is large for a business like UK TV but it's not as large as an impact as for something like Channel 4 or Channel 5 because UK TV a good proportion of its revenue is pay revenue and then we have advertising the the you know if you think about this the 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 Channel 4 um, or the market is predicting various levels of decline in ads from the least pessimistic of minus 17, minus 18, all the way through to numbers like minus 35, minus 40. So the impact of a minus 25, minus 30 for us, uh, we can manage. We can manage in year and still be profitable and still invest and not cut into the bone of the business. And that feels as though that number, minus 25, is probably about right. Now, any be- any better than that, fantastic. Any deeper and longer than that, then it becomes even more of a challenge. But certainly inside um, UK TV, we were very quick to react. You know, very quick to think about our cash flow and our EBITDA, particularly our cash, because cash is king. It's everything. If you can't pay for things, you can't do anything. So we were very quick to reassess our cash, look at our cash flows and move stuff into next year naturally that would move into next year because of delays and some good decisions around our marketing spend and our people costs that have allowed us to really mitigate a big chunk of the impact. And as a, as a last comment, um, what, what's your next immediate development at, at UK TV? Um, I think that I'm going to say we're in a kind of period of stability because do you know what? With Black Lives Matter having been such a focus over the last two or three weeks and having 275 staff working remotely, then my focus as it has been for the last five or six weeks and it'll be for the next two or three months is making sure that we put our people first. I don't say that glibly. We're trying to put our people first in every decision we're making. We, we haven't had to furlough anybody. I haven't had to make any redundancies. 
and I want to make sure that that's the case in you know three, four, five months' time as we, as we exit this. So more than anything, we're focusing on our communication to our staff and our people, putting people first, and trying to really think about what they need. And by doing that, we'll get the business results out the bottom. I mean, this business has performed astonishingly well during COVID, astonishingly well. So, for example, during COVID, UK TV Play has increased at 16 to 30 floors by about 16 or 17%. That's a very demograph that people are saying doesn't watch linear TV or doesn't do catch up on UK TV. And my channels have grown by about 20% in the socket during that time period. Now, I, I kind of conscious that some of that is a bounce because the terrestrial channels are losing some of their soaps or Sky doesn't have sports. And I'm conscious that water will find a level again as and when we get out of this. But to be, if not the best performing network, to be in the top two or three during the last 12 weeks, 13 weeks, that's been phenomenal. So my focus will be trying to keep it there and trying to grow it a bit more. Marcus Arthur from UK TV. Queensland is reopening its doors to production, with only five COVID-19 cases currently active in the Australian state. Nickelodeon Children's Fantasy, the Bureau of Magical Things, is poised to get back in action, but Baz Luhrmann's big-budget Elvis Presley biopic still faces major challenges. Kylie Munich, chief executive of funding agency Screen Queensland, taught Clive Whittingham through the restrictions and safety protocols in place for producers, opportunities for overseas companies to come and shoot in a territory among the least worst affected by the global pandemic and the urgent help needed to support freelancers. I'm Kylie Munich and I'm CEO of Screen Queensland, which is the state government film agency in Queensland and we exist to support and encourage the film, television and digital games industry in our state. And uh, we are the third biggest state by production volume in Australia. What's the current situation in Australia as a whole and Queensland in particular now as, as we're starting to come out of lockdown and pandemic restrictions? What's the, the uh, score with you guys at the moment? Look, Australia has been uh, lucky and I think it's a case of good management, good behaviour and good luck and maybe also being a large island. But as you probably know, the public health crisis has been very well managed here. Um, with low infection rates and um, quite low uh, death rates. In Queensland right now, we actually only have five active cases of COVID in the whole state. Um, and what it's allowed Queensland and Australia to do is for production in the film and television industry to restart. Uh, in fact, as you probably know, in other states, the soaps Home and Away and Neighbours have already restarted quite some time ago. And in Queensland, we had two productions go back into pre-production last week and we'll start filming next week. We've got a romantic comedy feature filming up in far north Queensland in Cairns in the, in the tropical north of our state. And we have a, a second series of a kid series called The Bureau of Magical Things, which plays internationally on Nickelodeon. It was uh, halted when the COVID shutdown came about, but they're going back into production next week as well. And presumably they're not just coming back into production in the same way that they were being produced before. What sort of restrictions and protocols are they having to go through to do that safely? 
So some national guidelines were produced with the input of all of the state film agencies, Screen Australia, the guilds, um, major production companies, and this was coordinated by our national film, television and radio school. We all worked on this and a set of guidelines uh, for safe productions and safe sets was released a couple of weeks ago. And then each state has been adapting it. So Screen Queensland has worked with Queensland Health, which is our state health department, in order to produce our own COVID safe work plans. And each of those productions that have already restarted, as well as the other ones that are coming back, um, are working closely with Queensland Health to make sure that they set up a safe and secure workplace for everyone. So it's probably what you can imagine, that things are slower and more careful. There's more protocols to consider. But um, I've seen enormous enthusiasm and commitment from the producers in Queensland to get back to work, to get cast and crew back on set and to do everything in a safe way. During the um, lockdown and the production shutdown, what has Screen Queensland been doing to, uh, to support the industry during that period? So we tried to react quickly. We, we surveyed people in our state and got over 570 responses from working crew in our state, uh, as well as other creatives. We put together a task force of screen practitioners in Queensland to talk to, to make sure we did the right thing and responded in the right way. And then we adapted our funding to get it out the door faster, to help development, business resilience, screen culture because we support film festivals for example uh, and we really tried to get money to things to make them production ready when we knew that the time would be right for production to start again we had to reallocate funding and we tried to put it in the places that we knew it would be most effective whilst people had to necessarily be on hiatus what's going to be the score with that sort of funding as we move forward the, the general consensus seems to be there's going to be an economic uh, crisis to follow this this health crisis and and television's often at the sharp end of that because obviously advertising revenue is the first thing to go away what's the status of that funding moving forwards are you going to be able to support to the same extent is that is that what you hope that's our plan because Queensland knows the benefit of a really healthy screen industry. It brings inward investment to our state. We're the home of a huge number of blockbuster films which get filmed here in Queensland as we have the Southern Hemisphere's biggest studio complex in Queensland, Village Roadshow Studios. And we also have our own Screen Queensland studios in Brisbane, in Queensland. And so you know, both of those um, have uh, host huge productions. So we want to continue to attract those. It's really important for that inward investment, for the creation of jobs. And, you know, after decades of hosting um, big scale productions like that, we have a really great depth of crew and a lot of talent here. So Screen Queensland absolutely intends to keep funding and supporting and incentivizing both domestic and international production in our state. Is that international production, is that coming back to the same extent? Because obviously international travel is very challenged at the moment. And while Australia has done very well, some other countries who shall unfortunately remain nameless have not done so well. So what's the situation with, you know, cast and crew flying in internationally into Queensland to, to work at the moment? What's the score with that? So... 
You probably know that we have one big feature film on hiatus at the moment, which is Baz Luhrmann's Elvis biopic, which they're waiting to restart. We're working closely with that production, again, with Queensland Health, uh, but also with Australian Border Force to help get talent into Australia. Uh, we have a TV series here called Harrow, made locally by Hoodlum Entertainment, starring Yoan Grufford, and he needs to fly in from the US. So uh, we're working with those production companies to help get talent back into Australia. And I know in the case of one other film in uh, Sydney, where they've already managed to bring in a key production executive, uh, and I've heard of some more that where that's happening. So w we know that um, with the right support and the right rationale, we can demonstrate the need to bring key creative individuals back in to either get films finished or TV series finished or in, or in, in fact start new projects. There's still restrictions like two weeks of quarantine and things if you fly in, in into Australia from elsewhere, or has that been relaxed? No, that, that still stands. So if you fly in internationally, you do have to quarantine in the port where you land, basically. That's interesting. So as one of the countries that has dealt with this reasonably well, is, is there a hope that you could actually become a bit of a destination for, for filming from elsewhere because, you know, you can get up and running a bit quicker. Look, I think Australia has always been a destination for filming um, through incentives, amazing locations, studio spaces, a very favourable exchange rate as well because our, our dollar has typically been weak against the US dollar and, and the pound. You know, depth of crew, creative crew, uh, lots of famous Australian actors, of course, who go out and conquer the world. So I think what we're hoping is to be able to continue that as a country and as Queensland as a state because we're, we're demonstrating right now that you can work safely here and so we want people to identify that. Um, an interesting statistic is that Ausfilm, which is our peak body that promotes Australia as a destination to international productions, has received the equivalent of 1.2 billion US dollars worth of inquiries for productions to come to Australia. Uh, so that's come from not only the US, but also Europe, UK, and we know that people are very interested to come here. So we want them to come here, Screen Queensland and every other state agency and Screen Australia are, all exist to help make that happen. So yeah, I think you're right. We will capitalise on it in a good way to help our own industry and our own economic recovery. You announced, uh, despite everything that's going on, I mean, a couple of, uh, of partnerships. We reported on one earlier this week with Wattpad. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what, uh, what you're hoping to get out of it? Yes, I mean, this is this is a first, as far as we know, um, for an Australian company, and Wattpad's a really interesting platform. And Screen Queensland is always looking for ways to reach out internationally and, and partner creatively with, uh, with storytellers and other creatives. So it will allow us to work with uh, content that's on the Wattpad platform and take three Queensland writing teams to adapt three of the stories on Wattpad, which is a user-generated platform, as you know, and adapt those to the screen with the aim, hopefully, that those go into production. But it's a really interesting way to find um, new storytelling talent, new ideas, and also to, for us to partner with a, an international tech firm. As we, as we look towards the end of, of 2020, the second half of the year, what constitutes success for you guys? I mean, it's been a dire, let's be, let's be honest, it's been a dire start to the year for, for the entire world. 
you know, what are your aims and hopes now for the second half of the year and going into 2021? It has been a dire year for everybody and one which I'm sure a lot of people want to forget. But what we can take hope in in, in Queensland in, and Australia is getting the screen industry back to work because that's, of course, what everybody wants. For those of us with the privilege of a job and who've been able to keep working, we know the people who are out of work and in, in some cases in Australia were not able to access certain government support because of the nature of their freelance work. It's absolutely critical to get them back to work. And as you know, the scale of productions often means hundreds and hundreds of people on set, especially in the case of the Elvis film. So for me, success looks like getting production safely rolling again, getting cast and crew back on set, and then where we've put that money into development, translating that into production. And of course, all of that has a flow on effect for our post-production industry in Australia and particularly in Queensland as well. So it's that whole ecosystem. I don't think we'll be back to normal anytime soon, but what we can do is take these steps forward and create uh, a, a safe way to get people back to work. Has there been the same issue in Australia with that we've had here and have heard about in other countries with freelance not being able to, to get hold of government furlough money or whatever the word is that you guys have, have come up with it uh, for? We've, freelance seems to have been particularly hard hit in this. Is that, is that been the same with you guys? Uh, it is, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, the federal government did put up a new scheme called JobKeeper that was intended for people to hold on to their jobs. I think it is similar to your furlough in the UK. Um, but there were certain stipulations that meant if you were a freelancer, you might not be able to access it. I think one of the ones was that you had to have been working consistently for the same company for 12 months and the company had to apply for it, not an individual. So as you can appreciate in the arts sector, in the screen sector, that left a lot of people out of that. Well, there was another safety net below that, which was the equivalent of the doll, which we call job seeker. Um, but unfortunately, it was a bit less than the job keeper subsidy. So whilst I think there was certainly ways that people could access various uh, benefits, it, it's not an exchange for working is it it's not an exchange for a consistent salary another issue that has come up when we've been talking to production companies um has been getting future productions insured because obviously an insurance company is going to want to take pandemic out of the policy in case there's another lockdown and then you know where do you go from there if if you have to shut down again is is that an issue in australia and is that something that screen queensland can can help with or is it just something we're working through together yeah, it's definitely something we're working through together. It's a really complex issue. Yes, it does remain an issue here. Um, there've been several representations to our federal government about um, asking the federal government to underwrite policies for the screen industry because we are unique. I mean, it is, it, it, it's not like you can substitute a lead actor if for some reason they got COVID and the whole production shut down. Um, I know Screen Australia, our national body has been working on it. I know the, the federal government is uh, considering it. I don't have a sense yet of whether that will that will actually come to fruition. But you're right; it's a real impediment at the moment, especially for new productions getting up. People are uh, listening to this and are interested in uh, in coming to film or producing Queensland. What's the best starting point? I think if you're if you're approaching us internationally, have a look on our website. But get in touch. I have an amazing team with huge amounts of experience, both nationally and internationally, and we are open for business and we're available to talk to uh, any producer or creatives about their work. There's a lot of doors you can come through for funding. We have a lot of different incentives. We have 
post and special uh, visual effects incentives, we have production attraction strategies, we have development incentives, and we'd love to find ways for more co-productions or working together internationally. So come through our website or just make an inquiry and, you know, we're there to help guide and, and support people's interest in working in Queensland. Kylie Munich from Screen Queensland. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 